I want to talk to you about God is up to something. You see, when the devil is up to something, God's up to something bigger. I tell you, God is up to something in America. I want to show you in the Bible the story of Esther. I want to tell you this story. I want to share and I want to show you some secrets. And I want to show you right where we're at in America. So maybe you've read this story many times. Maybe you've never heard this story. But let me tell you. In the book of Esther, we start out King Ahasuerus. He is king over 127 provinces. From India all the way to Ethiopia. And he has great riches. And he has had a great success. And he is reigning. But he is very prideful. He wants to show off all that he has. And so he throws a huge party. The Bible says a hundred and four score days. And he parties and eats and celebrates. And at the end of that party, he throws another huge party for the citizens there of that town. And he has fine dining and fine wine and music. And he just celebrates for another seven days. And at the end, the Bible says, when his heart was merry with wine, he called for his wife, the queen, Queen Vashti. Now, Queen Vashti also had had a celebration and uh, had a party for the for the women. And no doubt she had been working hard. No doubt all during this celebration, she was tired. And the king called for her. He said, I want Queen Vashti to come in her royal garments, in her crown, and I want to show her off. He had been showing off all of his riches and his wealth. And the Bible says Queen Vashti was beautiful. And he wanted to parade her around and impress all of his friends. But the Bible says, Queen Vashti didn't come. Oh, it made him mad. And he said, what should we do? Oh, be careful who you ask marriage advice from. Not everybody has a strong marriage. Well, one of the princes, uh, his name, uh, and I may not pronounce it right, uh, but his name was uh, Mucan. Mimucan, let's call him. And he was one of the princes. And so he asked him, what should we do? And Mimucan said, oh, king, she has not only dishonored you, but she's dishonored all the princes and everybody. And oh, king, listen, if word gets out that she disobeyed you and all the other wives hear about it, They might rise up and dishonor and disobey their husbands. (laughs) And you know we can't have that. Oh, he said, King, you need to make a decree. You need to write letters. And you need to send it out. And you need to say, she disobeyed me, so I'm going to take her crown and give it to somebody better than her. And that'll help. Now, I don't know, that doesn't sound like a very good husband. If, if, if Meek uh, had been a very good husband, if he'd have had a good wife, if he'd have been loving and kind, you know what he'd have said? He'd have said, King, listen, Queen Vashti has worked hard. She's tired. And listen, you're a little drunk 
And she don't want to be paraded around like a trophy. So listen, just give it a little time and let's talk about this. But no, he was worried about his wife uh, doing the same thing. And so he, he said, let's make, a, let's make a decree. And so that's what they did. And so he said, let's send out all over the kingdom. And let's call for all of the young, fair, beautiful virgins. And let's bring them in. And they can be tested and tried and purified for one year. And then they can all come before you one at a time. And you can choose a new queen. Well, that pleased the king. He said, okay. And so he put out the decree. And sure enough, the women began to come. There was a man there in that town, Shushan, by the name of Mordecai. Mordecai was a Jew. He had been uh, brought from captivity from Jerusalem into that land. and uh, But nobody knew he was a Jew. He hadn't advertised it. He had just been doing his thing. Now, his uh, kinfolk, Esther, their family had been brought also. And her mom and dad had passed away. And so Mordecai had brought her into his house, treated her like his own daughter, and was raising her. The Bible says... Esther was beautiful. She was fair. She was a young virgin. And so Mordecai brought her to the palace also to be in with all of these who might have a chance to be the next queen. Well, the Bible says Esther found favor. You see, right in the midst of trouble and trials and tribulations, God's people always finds favor. We're not just looking to have favor with the world. We're looking to have favor with God. Because if we have favor with God, there's nothing else can matter. Because God will elevate you from the bottom to the top. And here, now this is every woman's dream. This is my wife's dream. Esther got to go to the spa for a year. Six months she bathed in oil and myrrh. And for six months she was uh, doused and spiced and rubbed down and anointed with sweet odors and perfume. Oh, she had facials, she had her nails done, she had hair done, she had her toes done, she got a new wardrobe. Isn't that every lady's dream? Some of you ladies out there right now just hit your husband and say, why don't you do that for me? <laughs> Sorry to get you in trouble, men. Oh, but listen, she was, but, but she found favor with God. And she found favor with those who watched over her. And the Bible said she got a little better treatment. And those that took care of her loved her. And she began to, 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 to begin to be known. And so it was her time to come before the king. And I want to read to you what the Bible says in Esther chapter 2, verse number 16 and 17. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is in the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins. So he set the royal crown 
upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Now, let me just say this again. I'm going to say it over and over and over. God is up to something. When God is rearranging, when God is promoting, when things look bad, when you lose your job, when, when, when trouble comes, and it, it looks like, oh, the devil is trying to destroy me. I'm telling you, God is working behind the scenes because God knows what's coming. Esther didn't know what was coming. Mordecai didn't know what was coming. But God knew what was coming. Well, one of the princes was named Haman. Now, Haman was a very egotistical man, very prideful. And the king elevated him and made him into charge, gave him his signet ring to be able to do all the king's business, and he elevated him above all the other princes. Man, this went to his head. He was very prideful and he would go out and amongst the people and he loved their praises. He loved when they would bow to him and he would make it, uh, made it be known that I'm in control. I'm in charge. But there was a man named Mordecai, the Jew. And he came from a land where God said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And he wouldn't bow to Haman. And Haman would inquire, why won't he bow? And he would give him chance after chance. And people would say, hey, man, you need to honor him. And he said, no, I'm a Jew. I'm not going to bow down to anybody. There's one true and living God. And this made Haman so mad, he began to get a bitter spirit against him. He began to get an attitude and he became his enemy. He wanted to do anything he could to destroy him. Well, little by little... Each time he would go out, Mordecai wouldn't bow. And his anger would be, grow more and more. And then he found out he was a Jew. And he came up with an evil plan. He said, I am going to go and destroy not only Mordecai, but all of his people. And so Haman came to King Ahasuerus. And he said, King, there is a group of people in your kingdom. They don't honor you. They don't worship you. They don't abide by your rules. And I'll give the king's treasure so much silver if you'll allow me to destroy them. And the king said, okay. He trusted Haman. I mean, he didn't know who these people were. But if they weren't obeying the kingdom and the king, okay. And so... He had the king take his ring and make a decree and, and put an insignia in it saying, On the thirteenth day of Adar, every man shall rise up and with the sword they shall kill and destroy every man, woman, boy and girl that is a Jew and take all of their possessions. And when Mordecai heard this decree, the Bible says his heart was broken and he fell down and he came to the gate of the city and he rent off his clothes and put on sackcloth and he sat in ashes and he began to weep and cry and pray and all of Israel, all of the Jews began to do the same and word came to Vashti, Esther, I'm sorry, Esther, and said, hey, 
Man, your, your family member, your uncle's out there and he's in sackcloth and he's moaning and groaning and mourning and we don't know what's going on. And she said, oh no. And she sent clothes and said, come on, get up and put on these clothes. And he said, no. You tell Queen Vashti what's going on. Queen Esther. I'm going to get it right in a minute. Word came back to Queen Esther. There's a plan to destroy you. And Mordecai said to her, don't think that you will escape this judgment. When they find out you're a Jew, because she hadn't told them, they're going to get you too. All of a sudden, God gave Esther a plan. Esther said, here's what we're going to do. I and all of my chambermaids, we're going to fast for three days and pray. I'm asking all of the Jews throughout the land to fast and pray for three days. And then I'm going to go before the king. What's the big deal? You see, if the queen went before the king without his permission, she only could go when he called for her. If she went without him calling, two things would happen. One, he would stretch out his golden scepter. And she could approach. But if he didn't, she would be put to death. She was risking her life. And when Mordecai, when Mordecai heard, when she said, we're going to fast and pray, and I'm going to go before the king, the Bible declares, and I believe, church, we are in that time. In 2020, Amen. Mordecai declared to Esther, you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's not by accident you're the queen today. It's not by accident you can have the king's ear. It's not by accident all of this has happened. It is God's will. God is up to something. On the third day, Esther put on her royal garments and her crown, and she went into the palace. When the king looked out from his throne and saw her, he had favor on her, and he lifted up his scepter. And the Bible says she went in and knelt and put her hand upon the scepter. And he said, Queen Esther, what do you request? Up to half my kingdom. Oh, ladies, you know how to get what you want. You are wise. And she said, King, I just want to invite you and Haman to come to a banquet I'm having. He said, oh, okay. Oh, and I'm sure she told him all they were going to have to eat. And he was getting hungry. And uh, so he said, okay. She went away to prepare the feast. And the king sent for Haman. Oh, when Haman heard that him and the king were going to a banquet, he was so, his ego, his pride just went up a little higher. Oh, nobody else got invited to the party but me. Look at me. I'm all that. And he went. He sat at the party. They feasted. They whined. They dined. They laughed. They had a wonderful time. And the king said, Queen Esther, what is your request? Up to half my kingdom. She said, oh, king, would you just come back tomorrow? I'm going to have another banquet. And I want you and Haman to come 
to my banquet. He said, yes, we'll come. Oh my goodness, Haman left that party. He was flying high. But when he went outside, he saw Mordecai. And Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. Oh, it made him so mad. He went home and told his wife and friends all about this man Mordecai. He told them how he got invited to a party. No one else got invited to the party but me and the king. But there's this man Mordecai. And he won't bow down to me. He won't honor me. And you know what Haman said? He said, All of this honor, my position, my wealth, everything I have, none of it matters if Mordecai won't bow down. You see, he was so prideful, so angry, so caught up in bitterness That he wasn't happy with what he had. There are people in this country. People in America. They hate America. We have enemies abroad that would love to see this nation come down. And they love it to see us come to ruin. And they love it when the churches are closed down. But I'm telling you, God is up to something. When the devil thinks he's got a plan, but God has got a bigger plan. And so Haman's wife and his friends said, oh, that sounds terrible. Here's what you need to do. Build a gallows 50 cubic high and hang Mordecai on it for everybody to see. Let me tell you, be careful when you plan other people's demise. Be careful when your pride and your anger and your hatred for others plan their destruction because it'll come back around. So Haman does just that. He goes and builds this gallows 50 feet higher, 50 cubics high. But that night, the king couldn't sleep. And the king called for the chronicles of the land to be brought. And he began to read all the history of the kingdom. And he came across a place where two men had planned an assassination on his life. And how a man, Mordecai, had revealed the plan. And they had caught the men before they had a chance. And they had killed them, thus saving his life. And the king said, what's been done to honor this man, Mordecai? And they said, nothing. Well, the next morning... Haman comes in and the king says, Haman, what would you do for someone the king wants to honor? Well, prideful Haman thought, oh, he must be talking about me. So he said, oh, king. Get your finest robe, bring your crown, bring your horse, put him on there and parade him through the whole city, declaring this is the one the king wants to honor. And the king says, that sounds great. Haman, you go do everything you said for Mordecai. Oh, Haman about had a heart attack. What? I thought he was talking about me. And so Haman had to take Mordecai 
his enemy and put the king's robe on him and put the king's crown on him and put him on a horse and lead him through the city saying, this is the man the king wants to honor. And oh, he was gritting his teeth the whole time and mad. And the Bible says, after he did that, he went home with his head hanging down. And he told his wife, all you wives know when your husband comes home from work with their head hanging down telling you about all they went through from the day, be careful what advice you give them. Oh, they said, oh, don't worry. Listen, we're gonna, you're going to hang that guy from the gallows and we're on the 13th of Adar. We're going to kill all these Jews and we're going to wipe them out. And man, your troubles will be over. You're the man. And then the word came. It's time to go to the banquet. That perked him up a little bit. He felt better. I get to go to the banquet. So he goes with the king and to Queen Esther's house. And they're there and they're celebrating. They're eating. They're laughing. And oh, he just feels so good about himself. And the king says, Queen Esther, what is your request? I'll give you everything up to the half of my kingdom. And Queen Esther says, oh, king. There's been a plan to destroy my people. To kill all of my people and to destroy me. And the king got angry. He loved Esther and he favored her. He said, who in the world would do such a thing? And she looked and said, that wicked man Haman right there. Oh, Haman's caught. He is afraid. The king is angry. And he leaves the room. And the Bible says Haman comes and falls on the bed where Queen Esther is, begging for his life. And then the king comes back in and sees him on the bed and says, Are you also going to force yourself up on my wife in my own house? And he declared, Take this man Haman and go hang him on that gallows that was just built. And they took Haman and hung him. On the gallows he built for Mordecai. You see, when you set a trap for others, you'll fall into it. When you devise a plan for someone else's destruction, you'll be destroyed. The Bible says pray for your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Come on, just don't have a plan. Don't have bitterness. Don't have hatred in your heart for anybody in this world. For your family, your loved ones. Come on, give good advice to people. When people come to you, somebody's done me wrong. Don't tell them to go plan the destruction. Go build a gallows to get even. Come on, tell them. Turn the other cheek. Tell them, love your enemy. Forgive and show mercy. Because now, Haman is hanging from the very thing he intended for his enemies. Queen Esther says, O king, please turn the decree around. Queen Esther said, please, king, nullify it. But the king said, I can't do it. Once a decree is made... I can't change it, but I can make a new decree. I'm telling you, whatever the devil has decreed on your life, whatever destruction, whatever death, I'm telling you, Jesus came and He made a new declaration. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Though the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus said, I come to give life and give it more abundantly. He said, I'll make a new declaration. 
And he declared that on the 13th of Adar that every Jew could take up a sword and a spear and a weapon and they could fight for their stuff. And on that day, the Bible declares that the Jews rose up and every enemy that come against them, they fought them and they destroyed them and they killed them and they got the ten sons of Haman and they brought them and hung them on the gallows. Listen, when you plan destruction for others, it only won't cost you your life. It'll affect your whole family. You want blessings on your family? Bless others. Don't plan destruction. Come on, pass down blessings upon your children, not curses. Now then, all of the Jews, on the 13th of Adar, the day that was their destruction, the day that was meant for their annihilation, the day that they were going to be killed and wiped out and their stuff taken, today now has become a day of salvation, a day of rejoicing, a day of celebration. And they danced and they feasted and they gave gifts one to another and they blessed the poor and they had a celebration. God turned it around. Mordecai now is wearing Haman's ring. He has Haman's position. He is elevated. His fame goes out through the land. Esther, Haman now is blessed and has the reward and the stuff. They were going to take the Jews' stuff. Now they got all of their stuff of those who they destroyed and killed because they came to destroy them. And Mordecai sends out a declaration. I want to read it to you. Because it's still happening today. Right here. In this month of March. This is what we're celebrating. And Mordecai. In Esther chapter 9. Verse number 20. And Mordecai wrote these things. And sent letters to all the Jews. Near and far, who were in the provinces of King Ahasuerus, to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly the 14th and the 15th of the days of the month of Adar, as the days which the Jews had rest from their enemies, as the month which was turned from sorrow to joy for them. From morning to a holiday. That they should make them days of feasting and joy. And sending presents to one another. And gifts for the poor. Can I tell you today? God is up to something. God is about to turn your mourning into joy. God is about to turn your destruction into celebration. God is about to turn things around. Turn your finances around. Turn your health around. Turn your life around. God is up to something. Can I tell you, as I begin to close today, in the book of Esther, is one of the only books in the Bible that God is not mentioned. It's just the story. It's God in the background. It's God up to something behind the scenes. 
One of the names for Esther is the hidden face of God. Sometimes it feels like God is hiding from you. Sometimes you don't see Him. You don't hear Him. You don't feel Him. But it doesn't mean He's not there. God is working behind the scenes. He has brought you to the kingdom. Brought you to your job. Brought you to that family. Brought you to that town. Brought you to that church for such a time as this. God is working behind the scenes. What the enemy has planned for you, God has a bigger plan for you. The devil may be building a gallows for you, but it's going to be him that's hanging on it. Maybe the enemy has death and destruction planned for you, but God has life and hope for you. Listen, did you know? Listen to me closely. We are in the month of Adar. In the Jewish calendar, Adar was March the 9th and 10th. When they celebrated the Feast of Purim. They celebrate every year when God turned their destruction into celebration. And listen, did you know also, we're in a leap year. Every year that was leap year... To adjust for the calendar, they had two Adars. Adar 1 and Adar 2. Double portion. Oh, church, listen to me. No matter what it looks like, it looks bad in the world. I'm in fear and doom and gloom is being declared and promoted. But I'm here to tell you, for the people of the Lord's house, for God's people, for the church around the world, we are in a double portion year. We are in a second Adar. We are in the days of celebration. God's going to turn it what the enemy meant for bad into good. Rise up. Take your, your sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We don't fight against flesh and blood. It's not people. It's not political parties. It's not neighbors or friends. Listen, we're not fighting people. We're fighting principalities and spiritual wickedness. We're fighting the devil himself that's attacked our nation with sickness and disease and our world. It's an attack on humanity. But I'm telling you today, God is up to something. And when he hung on the cross, when he stretched out his arms for you, and he died, he turned your mourning into dancing. He turned your captivity into freedom. We're right there in that month of Adar. Come on, believe with me for double portion. There's a wealth transfer. The Bible declares that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Oh, what Haman planned, the plans fell apart. He planned on taking all of God's people's stuff. Instead, all of God's people got their stuff. Mordecai, instead of hanging on the gallus, got his ring, got his position, and got his wealth. I'm telling you, there's a wealth transfer coming. Believe for it. And you know what else? As we go out of the second Adar... And we go into April, from March to April, Adar is a doorway. It is a passing through to Passover.
a time that they remembered once again the killing of the lamb, the putting the blood on the doorpost. I've talked to you about that earlier in the week, about pleading the blood of Jesus over your household, over your doors, over your children, declaring no evil is going to come nigh me. Come on today. We're coming into Passover. Jesus became the Lamb of God. The perfect sacrifice. The Lamb, John said, that takes away the sins of the world. As we go out of Adar into Passover, as we remember the death and the burial of Jesus Christ, it won't be but a few weeks. And I pray that we're all together again to celebrate Easter, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The day the devil had a plan, the day the devil killed him, and the day the devil thought it was over, but on the third day he rose again. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. You can face tomorrow. Don't fear. Don't allow the enemy to discourage you, to depress you. Come on. Use this time to get in the Word of God. Pray. Read the Bible. Search the Word. Spend time with your family and your kids. My sister-in-law sent me something yesterday. A conversation a mother had with a 15 year old daughter. And she said, Mom, maybe instead of blaming everything on the government and this and that and getting upset, maybe all of our gods with a little G, our sports, our fun, our movie theaters, all of our activities. Maybe God's given us opportunity to spend time with Him. Maybe God is jealous and wants us to just get on our knees. As He said in Chronicles, If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I'll hear from heaven. He said we got to turn from our wicked ways. Let's take that time, this time, to spend more time with God. To repent of our sins. If you're a backslider today, come back to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, today, ask Him to come into your heart to forgive you. But I'm telling you, what's worse than the coronavirus is dying without Jesus. Because if we die with the coronavirus and with Jesus, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But if you die without Jesus... Death and hell is your eternity. Today, God's up to something in your life. God's up to something in America. Today, God is up to something. He loves you. He's up to something in every church. He's up to something in the world, in the nation, in our government. And the plans are going to be brought to life. And the enemy is going to be destroyed. And the wealth transfer is coming. And a day of celebration is coming. And blessings are coming. And a double portion is coming. So right there in your home, come in agreement with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I choose to love my enemies. Today I choose not to plan destruction for anyone. But I ask mercy on them. 
And I ask mercy for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Jesus, you're up to something. I invite you to come. Do it in my life. Turn my captivity into celebration. Turn my sickness into hell. Turn my poverty into wealth. And do great things for me and my family. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we come with this nation. We declare with every church and every pastor, we rebuke the coronavirus. We command this sickness and disease to cease. We pray that you eradicate it by the blood of Jesus out of our land. Amen. Let the exposures, let everything go down and bring it to an end quickly. Bless your people. Let the church be the church wherever they're at until we come back again. In Jesus' name.